afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Entitled Art Podcast, recorded live at the 12th edition of Entitled Art here in Miami Beach. My name is Anichka. I work in exhibitor services and communications with the fair. I'm delighted to be introducing today's panel titled Performance Architecture, Taking Up Space, presented by Commissioner in partnership with Chief. Commissioner is one of our programming partners this year. To be seen in Occupy Space can be a radical act of political re resistance. Drawing inspiration from the performance installation Play, Lay, A, Act 6 by Giovanna Gonzalez, this conversation will explore the profound implications of movement as a powerful form of engagement. Kamal Kahar is our moderator. She is an independent architect and designer and the owner of Common Things, a design-forward home goods shop in New York City. And so I am pleased to pass the mic over to Kamal, who will be further introducing our panelists and beginning the conversation today. Welcome, thank you for being with us. Um, I wanna quickly introduce our panelists, um, already mentioned, but once again, um, we have Giovanna here, Giovanna Gonzalez, multimedia artist, Miami-based. Um, she will be talking about her work that was performed last night outside the tent, um, last yesterday evening. The piece is called Play, Lay, A. Um, so we'll be talking about that in just a second. And we also have with us uh, Leilani Lynch. She is the associate curator at the MCA Denver, excuse me, and formerly the curator at the Bass Museum here in um, Miami Beach. Um, thank you. And I just, before we begin the conversation, I also wanna mention that um, the performance was commissioned by commissioner uh, Commissioner is a local membership organization that brings locals and contemporary artists together. And uh, the membership fees are combined and the, the members commission work from local artists. And then year long, there's um, arts programming. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out what Commissioner is up to in Miami. So now getting to the conversation, um, I want to start with the title of the talk and I also want to start with the title of the piece. Um, so this is directed to you, Giovanna. Can you tell us what it means um, in the context of your piece? What does performance architecture mean? Yeah, I think uh, performance architecture is sort of really thinking about how our bodies are navigated through spaces. Um, and both positive, negatively, and how architecture in itself is about that as well. Um, and also thinking in my practice, the sort of combination of creating these large-scale installations that are very architectural um, in many ways, and then uh, partnering that with performances to kind of set the intention of the work. So it's sort of colliding those two things simultaneously as well. And Leilani, what is your take on the, on the term performance architecture? Yeah, I, I think it's really um, twofold. I think in, in the context of your work, Giovanna, the, um, which is sculptural as well as performative, uh, the performance architecture is, is the offering of the sculptural form as a sort of platform um, to facilitate the, uh, the choreography that plays out with the work. But it's also the way the, the architecture itself performs. So the way it moves throughout the duration of the performance and uh, kind of becomes horizontal or vertical, the flexibility and malleability there that we don't often think of in terms of architecture, which always is felt to be um, permanent and sort of structured and static. 
Um, but performance arch architecture to me means um, there's flexibility there and openness. And I think that's a good way to look at architecture, even traditional architectural forms that although they seem static, there is agency there to change and shift. So I think that's kind of an interesting message if you correlate it to traditional architecture. Um, for those who haven't seen the piece, um, Giovanna, could you describe it um, and also maybe speak to the inspirations behind it and also maybe a little bit, um, maybe both of you speak to kind of the idea of movement as a political act? Yeah, so if you didn't get a chance to see the piece yesterday, it's um, a modular structure that's made up of 10 components uh, in this very bright pink color. <laughs> um, and a few of the components have these blue transparent windows, so to speak, to them. And they're cubes, um, essentially, and a and about eight of them have seats in them. And the inspiration, the initial inspiration for me was I was looking at this uh, Victorian French design that's called the tete-a-tete, -tete, which it has two chairs or it's a sofa that's in an S shape. And so it's where two people can sit next to each other, but facing, they're facing opposite directions. Um, and I was really fascinated by both this concept, the design, and kind of like the legacy around it and that it was kind of seen as um, a place where lovers can meet in private or in secret. So it's like, um, you know, it's a sort of like discreet design um, in a way. And then, and kind of thinking about, uh, you know, like what does it mean for people of color, for queer folks to kind of openly be out and intimate in public spaces and how maybe design can function for that possibility. So I kind of reclaimed this idea of the tete-a-tete -tete, um, and made this piece. So that was like the jumping off point for the project. Right, and then is there, I mean, in terms of the colors that you chose in the structure itself, is there any meaning behind that? Yeah, um, and kind of, you know, thinking about the fluidity of gender, gender and identity, um, wanting to play off of this sort of pink and blue combination of things. But then in different settings, the blue windows actually will leave shadows onto the pink and kind of create this like lavender purple color. And so it's this like mixture of things happening simultaneously. Um, and also with like the modularity of the piece, it's more than, than just the functionality, but kind of going back to what Leilani said, I was interested in the flexibility. So thinking about the multiplicity of the self, like the sort of endless possibility of identity or representation or um, yeah, that we're like more than just one thing and like how that could be sort of expressed um, yeah, through sculpture mm -hmm. more or less and then be performed later. Right. I think that's such a, a, it's a very hopeful message um, and I really find it very beautiful. And I want to speak to, because this is act six um, and I know Leilani, you um, are quite familiar with the work because you were there from its inception, I believe act one and two. Could you speak to, um, I guess that, that, that those first, uh, the first two acts and you know, the evolution that you see and maybe how act six differs from act, acts one and two. Yes, um, it was a great uh, pleasure to, to be the host at the Bass of uh, Play Lay A Acts 1 and 2. 
the um, and and sort of to think about the first iteration of um, of the work and the performances as being staged in a museum rather than in Miami Beach or in some of the other locations that you have since presented the work. Um, I felt that as as a flexible architecture architectural piece that was meant to be a platform and a safe space for queer folks and people of color, placing that in a museum, which is historically known to exclude many, many people, was a really important gesture. Um, and, and beyond a gesture, it was a statement. Um, and so the work in the first iteration, I believe, um, uh, was kind of set up more, and you can, I'm interested to get your thoughts on my in interpretation, Gio. Um, I felt like it was set up more in a kind of more domestic setting. Like many of the chairs were clustered together um, and people were meant to gather. There were poetry readings. Um, it, was, it was a gathering of friends and community that felt very intimate, but placed in the courtyard of the museum, it was also on display. Um, so there was that interplay between public and private um, interaction and conversation. And, and what did that mean to, to play out in a museum? And the second iteration, um, the, the works were sort of turned more horizontally and became more of a stage. And you had the House of Ninja um, crew in who were doing a voguing performance and it was really lively, it was at night. So it also harkened back to, you know, I think histories of clubs and like the underground music scene as a safe space for queer communities. Um, so it really kind of showcased the night and day and the flexibility of the of the work. Um, and as I see it uh, developing now, I felt like the performance yesterday, um, you know, you had costumes that you had uh, fashioned or um, put together for the performers. You were also using musicians that composed uh, a score for the work. So I just feel like the, the language has become more articulated. Um, and, and we can speak to maybe uh, the difference between like a spontaneous versus a choreography um, in terms of the political agency there. But yeah, do you think I interpreted that right? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really accurate. Um, and seeing like the development of the work and essentially for each of the iterations, I see it as a new project in itself um, that carries its past history at the same time. And so that's the kind of reason why I call them different acts, like one, two, and a sort of continuation of that. Um, and each time that I present the work, I present it differently and there's a different um, either activation or performance that accompanies that. And yeah, like uh, it, it is really interesting to kind of see the evolution of what was a very spontaneous um, poetry gathering to like what happened yesterday, which was very much like choreographed um, and rehearsed at the same time. Um, and I like that tension within the work, you know, and that like it, could, it can actually hold space for both of those things at the same time. Um, I also think, you know, it, it shifts drastically from being shown in an interior space, like, you know, the Bass Museum to being shown outside. Um, in which both like for the audience, like the point of access, um, last night it being on Ocean Drive and 12th, this means that 
anybody could stop and and uh, view the performance. But it's not meant to be a site specific work in no, any way, right? Yeah, yeah. So it like you know it it takes into consideration each of the locations that it gets shown. Um, but it kind of like morphs on its own, you know? So there's always a sort of like push and pull between, um, you know, like spontaneity and to like more kind of like directed, um, yeah, like areas of the work. And I think like having that flexibility at the same time is important actually. Can you speak to, I mean, it seems like from, from the acts that you were described, Leilani, there's always um, a collaborative aspect, of course, to your work. Um, and can you speak to the collaboration in this specific piece, Act 6, with the dancers, the musicians, in terms of, and also in terms of the movement, the choreography that itself, is there an inspirational point there? Were you referencing um, something in particular? Was there any references to the House of Ninja, for example, yeah. things like that? Yeah, um, you know, with with this performance, it was it was also inspired by Bill T. Jones' choreography, still here, which that um, I'll try to sum up. You know, like it was very much around this idea of uh, loss, grief, um, what it means to be alive, and uh, how do you deal with death, and how do you still persevere. Um, and so sort of using that, which is a very loaded, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, reality, actually, um, I wanted to work with the two dancers, the musicians, you know, with thinking about this concept, but that they also brought themselves their own history to the work. Um, and we started off by you know, putting together the choreography together and then the musicians responded to the choreography. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But there's always a sort of back and forth with everyone that I collaborate with. You know, I have my vision, I have my concept and direction, but then, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in having a conversation and a back and forth than to just give directions only. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It kind of makes the work feel more alive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a there's a relationship that ends up being built there. And a lot of times I end up, you know, working with the same people again, whether it's like for another iteration or also another project altogether. Um, and I also like that, you know, continuation as well. I want to jump to um, just this idea that through, you know, that we've talked about. So we touched on to some extent is this idea of public and private um, and I guess it's directed to you, to both of you, but maybe Leilani, you could speak to it first from a curatorial or more macro lens. Um, how do you see that coming into play in a general sense um, in, in Giovanna's pieces and the, all the acts that you've seen? And how does it kind of relate to notions of um, their dynam dynamics of gender and race? I know you've touched on it a little bit, but kind of from how do you, uh, I guess, interpret that in, in, in the work? Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's a super loaded and uh, layered question. I think um, at the root of, of, of what I see that you are doing, Giovanna, with this work is wanting to facilitate movement. Um, and, and we can think about movement as being inextricably linked to notions of freedom. And, and so thus the control of movement um, being one of the foundational ways that freedom is limited. And so uh, 
through performance, through facilitating and creating a platform for the specific uh, communities that you're that you work with, um, you're you're kind of like pushing against that control, um, and and that that taking place in public place, public place rather than private, um, is is sort of like further uh, revolutionary. I feel, um, and yeah, it's 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 very important. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I'm. It's the one thing that's always in the back of my mind, like when I'm creating work, is you know this gray zone of public and private space, and one how to occupy it, how to reclaim it, how to you know maybe try to twist things a little bit um, and exercise that. I think that's the, also the interesting thing about performance is that it gives the opportunity to kind of exercise those ideas. Um, and test them out more or less. And I think even with the structural pieces that I make, like Play Lay A, um, you know, they, they are grids at the end of the day. You know, they're based off of a grid. There's a structure. It's an infrastructure. Um, and, but I also end up dismantling my own infrastructure in the performances. Um, and I, so it's like creating a space in which we can call our own and have the discourse and conversations um, I'm interested in having and inviting people in the community to have with me and then just destroying it at the end. So it's like that there's like, that it can be rebuilt, restructured and growth, but that like, that flexibility is always necessary as well. Yeah, the, there's no, there's not a strict kind of rigid, rigid, rigidity yeah. to it in a way. Yeah. One of the things I noticed, um, or that struck me in watching the performance yesterday, was that there was these really, really intimate moments between the dancers, um, which I thought was really special. And of course, being in the public space, that's the kind of ultimate, right? Showing that kind of amount of intimacy or, or close physical proximity with someone um, in a public space, and somehow. There's a lot of um, societal restrictions or even legal restrictions in some places around around that. And I think that, um, I guess you could speak to, you've spoken about that, but one of the things that I find striking is just that um, this your work is ultimately about freedom. And I think we spoke about that even before that. And it's about the idea that the ultimate freedom is to move your body in every any which way possible in any given moment. And do you feel that that is really ultimately kind of underpinning the ideas around your work? Is it, is it also something, do you respond to kind of the contemporary news that you're, that we're all receiving in terms of you're allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, or, or you know, especially around racial and gender dynamics, how do you feel about that in relation to your work? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. You know, I think like um, at the end of the day, it is really about, freedom and being able to exercise that and challenge it in different ways. And I think, you know, even before really making art, I've always done that. <laughs> so it's just like, it comes through, it comes, yeah, like through my practice. Um, and I think it's like something that's really important because we can also walk through life and not really think about these things, like think about the way that things are designed for us. You know, like who's making these decisions and who are they actually designed for? And I think, as we know, a lot of these things aren't designed for us, you know. Um, and so if I have the ability to 
design something like I want to do that intentionally and also be intentional of who I'm thinking about at the same time. Mm -hmm. And from an institutional perspective, Elani, do you feel that there's an openness um, to these ideas or do you still, I mean, you don't have to name names, but is there still a pushback at times? Is it still controversial, let's say? I mean, I think um, museums are institutions and, and those can be um, not as quick to change as they might need to be or, or can be. Um, and oftentimes uh, we are so grateful to, to have artists to come in and sort of start, start to push, start to reform and, and change. And it can be messy. It can be uncomfortable. But I do think we're um, at a moment, uh, you know, within the wider art field where, where that is obviously necessary, but also there's an openness. Um, I, I think the future might be um, not always asking the artist to, to sort of instigate that change. And, and um, as you were saying, Giovanna, kind of like reconfiguring the infrastructure, like making that uh, a more infrastructural thing that is built in. Um, and so it, it can kind of stay as, as you move from project to project with an artist. Um, one of the things, uh, going back to, thank you, and I think I just want to, talking about something a little bit adjacent to that um, is this idea of play. I think um, as a political act in some ways, can you just kind of speak to that? How do you feel about, I mean, you're, that's the title of your piece, essentially. Can you just speak to that? a little bit in terms of um, how you think about play as a political act and also within your artistic practice? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, play is something that's super important and vital, like for, I think, our survival in a lot of ways. And it's something both that we get taught to let go of after adolescence um, and is in some places also really frowned upon you know, like this idea of um, playing around or, you know, especially as like adults and everything. Um, but I think play essentially is also movement. It's, it's tied to movement. So it goes back to the freedom of movement, the freedom to feel safe enough um, to be playful, to play around um, is where that came from. And and also this idea of like rest is also embedded in that as well, right. you know, which again, it like ties back this idea of liberation and freedom at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Leilani, what do you think about the notion of play in artistic practice? Well, I think play is sort of, is um, absolutely integral to the artistic practice as, as I've seen with many artists, like, but as more of an internal process of like experimentation and, um, I always, you know, in my dialogues with artists, like, okay, yeah, like you have to give yourself time to play or like when we get in the gallery and we're installing, we should, we should play a little bit with how it's going to look. So that term is used, but what it actually, um, going back to the root of it, sort of a, a freedom to, to be yourself and experiment and make mistakes um, is not always, there's not always room for that. Um, but, but we, you know, you, you hope that there is a flexibility and uh, that the playfulness can be sort of brought in uh, and make us a little bit less rigid. Absolutely. <laughs> do you have, um, is there, can you, do you have a conception for an Act 7? 
Ooh. <laughs> That's a funny question. Yeah. Um, not uh, fully yet, but yeah, something will, will be coming in the future. <laughs> Cliffhanger, yeah, I guess. Cliffhanger, um, exactly. In, so in terms of this particular piece, you know, um, what, do you, I mean, what do you both hope in terms of how it contributes to the conversation around this idea of public-private public, um, gender politics, racial dynamics, how, what do you hope the message, what, what would be the ideal message that comes across? What do you hope that audiences take away from your piece? Mm. I mean, I think it's like maybe for some folks, like how they might take certain things for granted, um, uh, where for other people, you know, it's, that's a reality that they live just walking out of the door, you know, having to think about consciously, like, you know, how they move, um, through spaces and I think also you know like this going back this, to the idea of intimacy like the ability to to be intimate in, in public spaces like maybe some people also take that for granted and I think you know just kind of like having if the work can give people a moment to like stop and think about their surroundings you know like even in that particular location like last night outside at Miami Beach or like inside the Bass Museum and kind of like position themselves in these places. Um, I feel like it's like, you know, successful in a lot of ways. What about you, Leilani? Um, well, if I could be so bold to give my intentions for your work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how the work will um, continue to grow and evolve as it might translate into other contexts outside of Miami and how the conversation as you form like a constellation of different iterations and performances, um, how that will inform it going forward. You know, what does it mean to, to stage the work here um, in various different settings versus in New York versus in Denver versus in California? Um, and just like, what does it mean to take that, that architecture on the road? Um, yeah. And also through time. Because I think the, you know, the first iteration was in 2019. It was pre-pandemic. It was pre-pandemic, yeah. Um, and I do think we, you know, we have all gone through a lot and, and, and it, it shifts and change with the time. So, um, yeah, I think definitely. It's, it definitely responds also mm -hmm. to what is happening currently exactly. in the moment as well. Um, and that's, yeah, that's also part of the work, you know, is that it has that space to yeah. do that. Yeah. And and also to be in dialogue with other artists who are um, who are sort of similarly creating these platforms uh, towards and, and pathways towards liberation or notions of freedom. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of collaboration is that I don't see my concept that I'm thinking of as like just my individual idea, but I it's that that it's a collective idea. It's it is. A, it's a timely idea, too. Yeah. I mean, on many levels, if you think about, for example, the pandemic where we had the ultimate restriction on movement um, and, you know, mandated to stay home, <laughs> rightfully so, potentially, but still the ultimate restriction on movement and from one perspective and then the restriction on movement just between borders that we kind of take for we take as given, but they're really kind of. Um, made up essentially right. you know and those are kind of the bigger macro lens pictures and then uh, i think you talk about it from maybe potentially a more intimate scale um, yeah. or more kind of an urban scale but i but you know just the act of being here at untitled or at the bass museum 
that already opens up the conversation to to the path to liberation because you're there and and it's happening yeah. whereas it never was before right so uh i think that there's a lot of hope in that and i think that's kind of what we have to rest on and that's kind of the for me anyway kind of the uh the purpose of art essentially right to give us hope and to keep to keep moving forward um despite you know despite the odds um i want to thank you both for the conversation um or do you have any final comments anything else you would like to share that we haven't touched upon no okay um i yeah, I want to open it up if anybody has any questions for Gio or for Leilani. Happy to take any questions. Don't be shy. Um, what was the name of the architecture, or not the furniture you were referencing? Oh, a tete-a-tete. -tete. And um, I took a class in 18th century uh, furniture. I was curious, like, why, I think it's around that time, like, why that specific time or furniture spoke to you? I know you were talking about with, um, you know, gender and race, but if it was just that specific time, that was also interesting. Yeah. Um, I was more around the design than anything else. Like, it wasn't like a period piece or something that I was researching. Um, I was just more fascinated by the design and the sort of, like, history that it followed after after. It essentially, yeah. The idea that it was a, a meeting in secret. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was like what gravitated me to the work. That you can only be yourself in secret in exactly. type of thing. Yeah. Right? The opposite of being free. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other questions? Yes. Thank you. I thought this was a really great talk. Um, I'm a psychologist and I always just wonder with artists um, how they recharge. The work you do is just so beautiful, but it's also can be deeply impactful when you're talking about things like race and gender. So I was curious what you both do. <laughs> yeah, it, she was, uh, you were asking, um, how do we recharge and take time to, um, to maybe play out what your title suggests, to play lay and Yeah. <laughs> oh, us as individuals, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's to apply it to myself, obviously. Uh, I, I definitely think it's important to take the time to, like, rest and to be in community and recharge and everything. Um, boundaries. <laughs> Just boundaries, really. Uh, working is amazing. Having, having, like, opportunities to work and do projects. But it's uh, so valuable to take the time to take care of yourself at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, we're often it, working in, in art today. I think we're often engaging with not only each other creatively, but with everything in the world happening around us and being asked to sort of answer to that. Um, so being able to turn your mind off in whatever way, whether that be through physical movement, exercise, or listening to something completely different or looking at something not art, um, provides a nice contrast. It's important. Yeah, and also, I guess, drawing a line that, you know, artistic practice is not, um, it's a form of labor, but not everything has to be commodified. And I think, yeah, and I think the idea of play speaks to that. It's that it's not, it's things that we're doing that are not in function of commodity or production or being a cog in, the, in a 
larger economic wheel. So um, it's important to disconnect, right? Okay. Um, hi. Thank you for the panel. Uh, this is more about something that you said that struck me about there is no room for play, you said, Gia. And I'm thinking about play as an experimentation. But when you said there's no room for play when it comes to museums, galleries, you know, exhibitions, it just kind of like tickled me like, wait, am I hearing correctly? Because artists, we do have to experiment. Now, maybe the word is not play, but we do have to, quote unquote, play in order to make the realization of a piece, particularly dealing with performance, performance art, and the territories that, you know, the body um, locates itself. Yeah, you're completely correct. Um, I think what I meant when I said there, you know, there can be, sometimes there can be no room for play is when I, um, I guess I think about the experience of, um, you know, me working in, in the curatorial side of things, often I'm playing with artists and we, that, this is where a lot of the play happens is in the gallery, in realizing the work. But um, the less playful things are like adhering to marketing deadlines and fundraising. And, and so how do those, uh, you know, those other sorts of infrastructures sometimes do clash with the artistic process. And it, it not that it doesn't happen and it, and it can't be playful, but, um, there are certain elements of, you know, running a, an institution that can be less flexible and, and probably less playful, but maybe they could be a little bit more. <laughs> Any other questions? Last call. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you, Giovanna. Thank you, Leilani. Thank you, Camille.